Yo, 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 what up? Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report podcast, your additional deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. I'm Kobe Mack alongside the true Shazam family. No need to place your hands on my staff to gain superpowers. Please, please don't. Shazam! I love it. Look at that. We are definitely off to a good start. And those beautiful voices that you hear are, in fact, some of my family. Of course, we got Raul Nevado at the Raul Nevado on Twitter. Como esta, Raul? Hey, doing good, man. What's going on? How are you? I am great, ready to get into all things Shazam and also Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm excited. I-, I gave a little tease. That was a super tease. We talking about staffs and teases. I, I love it. Oh, damn it. And of course, we got Shama. We got Shama. And of course, he's at Mohammed Shama on Twitter. Marhaba Shama. Marhaba Habibi. Whoa. I, he called you. He but, called you my baby. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we can tell what type of episode this is going to be. Where's Where's the drink set? Drizzy Dre, we got in the back corner. You know who she is. This being the additional episode, this is additional Dre. This is extra Dre. You know who she is. She's Miss Desiree Nevado, Jizzy Dre, at Ezraphoto on Twitter and Instagram. Hello, girl. What's up? Are you awake? I am awake. It is late. You better be. It's a late night, guys. We're doing this. It's a late night, and we didn't want to cheat you out of anything, so we wanted to be able to give you everything that's on our mind. But in order to know what that is, you got to consider giving the show a follow. So please do so at Pod on Twitter and Insta. And, of course, subscribe to the website for any and all new content at EmReportPod.com. And this is going to be great. So first up on the report, it made the most money this week in the box office. Big surprise. It's Shazam! Damn, I really, I'm, one day I'm going to say it and it's going to work. I'm going to transform and get all the superpowers and be exactly what this movie tells me I'm supposed to be. You want to be so checked? I think you have to stand in like a gym or something so you get a bit more echo. Yeah. Because yeah. every time he says it, it sounds like he's in there a big room. There is an echo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man. That's what it is, buddy. You, but you, you, you know we are never going to a gym, so. Talk about yeah, yourself. I haven't been to a gym in like five years. I haven't been to Jimmy in a long yeah. time. We're going together. Raul and I were going together next century. Next century. Next century. And when we go to the gym together, I'm on the elliptical and he's sitting on a bench. <laughs> lifting I'm lifting weights. Oh. Like, sure. Like to hundred grams. I mean if that's how much oh, a cookie you. weighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did it still use the metric system in Egypt? Of course. The best is no, but I'm talking about generally like okay, like like half a pound. They actually they actually still have the double sided scales and they use sand on what one side. What do you side. mean are they is are they still using that we America is the one that hasn't jumped on the train. We're the ones still in the past here or on just Yeah, the entire we? world is using the metric yeah. system. Yeah, I think the entire world could be wrong on a couple of things, right? That's right. I, I feel like, all right, we won't get into it. Uh, at least I can use both, you know? My mind is set up now to use both systems. I guarantee you Americans are not. They know how to use one system and not the other. <laughs> That's correct. That sounds about right. And what also sounds right is Shazam. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. Shazam, and I'm going to read off the plot. This comes straight from WB. We all have a superhero inside of us. I know that you won't, Sean. Yeah, man. 
that's my my whole life dream. Like one day I would be a superhero. It was for like an hour. And you're and you're loving Scarlett Johansson. Oh god! Like I can die tomorrow if this happens. I can't kill him with you, bro. It's you and me right here, bro. They're, they're on a totally different page. You and me, right? What is going on? He said you want one. Wow. What happened? He said you want one. You want a superhero inside you. Inside you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. Shama and I did not pick that up. No. We're dying over here. I was like, yeah. I could die tomorrow. So bad. <laughs> oh, that's what I said, yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but Shaba, what you gotta realize, it just takes a little bit of magic to bring it out. In 14-year-old Billy Batson's case, all he needs to do is shout out one word to transform into the adult superhero Shazam. Still a kid at heart, Shazam reveals in the new version of himself by doing what any other teen would do. Have fun while testing out his new powers. But he'll need to mash them quickly before the evil Dr. Thaddeus Savannah can get his hands on Shazam's magical abilities. Man, that's pretty straightforward, right? Yep. Yeah. I think it's so... It was so unique. Like, we, we've heard about the Shazam property for, like, a lot of years. And that it's under the New Line label, um, which, of course, yep. is a, a subsidiary of, um, of Warner Brothers. And this was bold because we thought we were supposed to get... Black Adam, which was going to be led by The Rock, uh, that movie first. And this movie had a rocky start to its production and had an interesting cast. They cast a TV star to lead a movie. And, man, it works. Like, this movie is so much fun. Like, I saw, I got a chance to see it a little bit early um, uh, with the uh, Fandango early screenings. And, um, like, I kind of wrote this, like, Shazam embodies some of, like, the boldest fantastical elements of like most of the, the superhero genre, right? And but it keeps like this small scale, and it still captures the wonder of becoming a hero. Like imagine you have yourself imbued with these superhuman abilities, and it tackles identity, and it talks about family and what that means, and that it, you know um, all the different themes that are like dealt with are super poignant. Um, they're really done really well. There's a lot of strong performances. There's a very diverse cast, and uh, there's a standout performances by Zachary Levi by Jack Dylan Grazer, and it's a whole lot of fun. And this is just a back-to-back hit for the DCEU. Hey, when we say that uh, that Billy was the best option, like... The kid that, kid that plays Billy? Yeah, it, but yeah, he was like the most deserving of uh, of this title that that the wizard was trying to imbue these powers. He was looking for somebody for years, for a very long time. Well, that... That's the really unique thing. I mean, you know, the original story from the comic is it's very selective about finding a person that's good, you know, that, that has this strong heart and that actually he was searching adults. But in this instance, he, fa- he, like, he found a child. It seems like in the movie, it's, it's more so the search is for a child that they're so pure of heart. And they're not tainted by like all the doldrums of society and all these different pressures and like how that could change you. But what was unique is that the wizard's mission wasn't complete. He's like, no, I don't have time to actually get what I'm looking for. You are just my last hope. Because literally, you're my last bit of magic. You're the last thing that's been put forth for me. I don't have any time to be selective. 
and I just need you to take my power and touch my staff. Oh my god. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I just love I love that the wizard was fair to everybody. No discrimination. Everybody was invited. Oh fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Oh Lord. But like he's really strong in his heart. He was dedicated every day to find his mom. So, like, he's strong in the heart. Like, uh, he, he has, like, emotions and caring in his heart to show it back to his mom. He's, he's saving, he's saving the, 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 the compass thing, the, the keychain, just, like, to find, yeah. to find his way to go back to his mom. This movie is, like, the, the, the thing that I, I impacted me from this movie, like, I was smiling the entire movie, like, for, since the movie began till the end. It's hard not to. I had like I had a very nice smile on my face. If this movie came when I when I was like twelve or thirteen, this would be like my entire like teenager and life and child childhood favorite movie. I looked over. I could affirm it was a very nice. Smile. It it gave me it gave me this feeling like of like the the big movie like the Tom Hanks big movie like Home Alone like it's like. I have I have like goosebumps of like I don't think about anything in my real life and I was totally embedded inside this movie like. Uh, the, 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 from the beginning to the end, I was just like thinking about this kid, about those people, about those uh, the, this family. Uh, it was it was really really nice, and as far as it was like comedy and uh, but it was full of uh, of emotion. Oh yeah, and I love oh my gosh, it, it it really it's a lot of those moments that that remind you of when you were that age, you know, like uh, can you tell me where I can find your finest beer, and then. And then they try it outside and immediately spit it out. Listen, I remember when I did that. I remember when me and my buddy, me and my best friend, went to the corner store in Puerto Rico and told the guy, hey, you know his stepfather. He's sick, and he wants a six-pack of Heineken and a pack of, I think, Newports, yeah. And the guy was like, sure, I trust these 11-year-olds. And for some reason, he sold it to me, and I remember tasting it for the first time and thinking it was detestable, and thinking that we just wasted our money on both cigarettes and beer. Children, don't try this. It's it's yeah, it's as bad as they show in Shazam. And when they yeah. spit that beer out, it brought me back to that, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is... Beer is a very, like, it's an acquired taste, like... The, the way that you see like beer painted like in TV shows and movies like yo this has to be the most refreshing yeah. and like you know delicious thing in the world and like no when you were like I remember the first time I had a beer I was six years old I'm like I don't understand why would you drink piss what? Like, it makes, like, six what? years old oh I tried beer when I was yeah. about that yeah I tried it when I was yeah. super young. Like, you yeah. know, like, you, like your, your dad will give you like just like a little yeah. taste. Like, you know, because you see him drinking all the time. Like, yo, I want to try. And it was like the cheapest beer. It was like Blue Bull, right? And like I tried this Blue Bull <laughs> so beer. And like it, it, yeah, it looks like piss and it tasted awful. But then like as I got older, I'm like, okay, I'm drinking beer not because I enjoy the taste. Because, no, I've been taught that in order to have fun, I have to drink beer. And this peer pressure, it's a bitch and it's real, okay, people? So you learn to drink beer and then you acquire the taste for it. So it was really honest that it was depicted that way, not like, oh, I'm an adult now. I drink beer and I love it. Nah, it doesn't always work like nah, that. Nah, I love that. But I think that's what this movie does so well is that it subverts your expectations, but it also, it plays around with itself. Like, it, it is a really meta take on not only the superhero movie, but like being bigger than yourself, being thrust into a situation and it has fun with it, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. 
And I think because the movie's having fun with it, the audience is able to do that. Um, but I think going forward, we kind of dance around this, uh, you know, enough. So I think at this point, it's time to get into spoilers. Uh, Dre, can you can you usher us into spoilers? Uh, are we talking spoilers? We are talking spoilers, Dre. That was there. <laughs> You're so loud. Everybody knows that's not my voice. Uh, oh, really? I thought that was you. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers, guys. In case you have not caught on by now, we're moving on to spoilers. Yes, please. If you have not seen Shazam, which I mean, they made fifty plus million dollars. Which means pause now. One percent of people saw it. What it means is that you can pause right now and come back to the pod in a little bit after you've seen the movie and then enjoy us for the fun. But kind of breaking down things a little bit further, I think it's unique that the first images that we get in this movie is a villain origin story. Like, that's pretty bold, right? Like, you get to see Dr. Savannah as a young child in the backseat of a car just playing with this little, you know, magic eight ball. And his dad and older douchey brother, like, shitting on them for no reason. For like, no reason. Like, they're really, really mean. Like, shout out to Lionel Luther. He's always going to be Lionel Luther to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Smallville was like such yeah. a big impact on my life, and I'm like, man, they got Lionel Luther to play this guy's daddy, this bald, this soon to be bald supervillain. Pretty much, he's like, he's he's exactly like Lex yep. Luther uh, in a sense. But it was really cool that you kind of see the magic that he's talking about, and he gets transported in the backseat of this car to visit. I'm gonna call it the the cave of expos- of exposition, yep. and then you got. Jaiman Hansu, who's playing the wizard Shazam, just telling about what the mission is. And the mission is, you know, there is magic in the world and there are evil forces, but his powers are growing weak and he needs to find someone to inherit his abilities. But he made a mistake of trying to find someone who was just the most capable, um, who essentially abused those powers and brought a lot of death and destruction on the world. Where now he's looking for somebody that's completely pure of heart who could be able to redeem the world and, you know, um, use those powers. But unfortunately, the little boy succumbs to the temptations by a really uniquely input, in my opinion, the seven deadly sins being inside of the stone and falling victim to that. And because he wasn't able to pass the test, he's transported back into the backseat of his car, becomes so incensed on what he sees, he causes this major accident. And like, yo, the accident... I don't know if I expected it, like the moment the car stopped, like the, oh, it's the car stopped in the middle of the road. They're about to get hit. He's like, yo, whitey, little. And for the budget of this movie, that shot looked really good. Them kind of spiraling inside the car, the glass flying everywhere. It was really but well done. But it is astounding to me how there is no traffic. And this person coming down a long, straight road does not see that there's a car Stopped in the middle of the road. Oh, yeah. They, he definitely, like, his reaction time had a lot, but I'm going to take it as the same way it was at Pet Cemetery. He was looking at yeah, his flip phone, phone yeah. or, like, the big, yeah, or, I mean, this is back in, like, the 80s. It was actually, so the, it was actually the, the big exact same phone. truck driver. Bam. Right That's there. They're probably did you not, did you not know Shazam is Stephen King Universe? Come on, man. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, obviously, after that, we get the introduction, you know, uh, to Billy Batson, and it's really cool because, you know, um, I've heard some of the, the knocks on uh, Asher Angel's portrayal of Billy Batson and how it sometimes didn't jive with Zachary Levi's portrayal as, you know, Shazam being imbued with the powers. But you, know, you, get to see, you get to see Billy here. 
be kind of joyful, and he pranks these cops. And I thought it was really cool. It yeah. set in the, in the city of Philadelphia, which is unfortunate. Philadelphia, next to Boston, is one of the worst cities in America. Excuse me? Um, what did you just not, say? Philadelphia is one of the worst cities in America. It has the Philly cheese so, state. You said something else. Yeah, you're talking about Boston. What did you say about Boston, the greatest city in the world? New York is. It's not the greatest city in the world. It smells like pee. Yeah, Mm. but it's not only. I love New York City. Boston wasn't the greatest city in the world. He said it was the second to worst. Yeah, he did. did. You shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Boston people know. Shout out to New Yorkers. Shout out to Boston. Shout out to Philadelphia. You guys like uh, uh, part of our listeners, and you're welcome anytime. And don't listen to these guys. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, way to make a shout. Yeah, I love right New York. I'm from both Boston and New York, equally split. Yeah, you're conflicted. But I like the architecture in Boston better. I like the people in Boston better. I like the teams in Boston better. <laughs> I like the people in Boston I like the better. teams in Boston better. And really? I like the smell oh, in shit. Boston better. Yeah, I bet you do. But moving on. <laughs> so we got, we got this story set inside the city of Philadelphia. And I think it's cool. Like, you know, uh, it's nice for the city to kind of get this shine and stuff like that. And... Uh, you see Billy Batson, and he's pranking the cops, and it's really cool. He kind of calls the cops just to be able to sneak inside of their cop car in order for him to do some investigative, uh, you know, work to try to find his. How did he get access to this shop or something? I mean, he probably broke into the shop. I mean, this is a kid who's been living on the streets. Yeah, he broke into the shop. So he's just he, yeah, he's super streetwise. He knows what's up, and he knows that he needs access to resources in order to try to find his mom. Like, remember, he was in Pittsburgh. But he now has found his way to Philly all on his own, just in the search of his mother. You know, uh, but it was it was really cool. You got to see this lighthearted side from him, but also you kind of got to see that man. This guy has this this very singular you know goal, and we get a really cool flashback of him at like some type of like you know winter festivity, um, and with his mom, and you know they're they're playing darts, and he gets lost in the midst of a crowd and is not able to find his mom now. It was a little peculiar. I know if I lost my daughter, I wouldn't rest before I find her. So I wanted to know what the mystery was. Like, yo, was she abducted or something like that? And then you'll find out a little bit later in the film what exactly happens um, with that disconnection. Disappointing. But it, it, it really is. Um, but the opposite side to bad parenting is some really great parenting. You have a, a new family that's introduced, and it's a really diverse family. And I think it, like, I just saw Insta Family about two weeks ago. And it really makes me, it, it reinforces how much I really would not mind at all uh, being a foster parent. But being able to see these two foster parents who have essentially like a, a group home or foster house, but they were foster kids themselves. Like they just got it and they were so pleasant. They were, they were acting really well. Like and they were just so honest in their delivery and their timing. And the entire introduction of the family was super cool. Yeah, I agree. I really don't like I like the family. I like the dynamic. I like the fun household. I like the different personalities. I like the dynamics. It was it was a really really fun household to go into, uh, and it was it was fun all the way from the entrance straight upstairs to the bedroom. It, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and then of course you get the introduction to Freddie, who is played by Jack Dylan Grazer, and he is one of the standouts in this movie. Like he is just he's super funny and like. He hits every line that's delivered to him, and he's just super warm, and he's playing around the entire time and having a whole lot of fun. And obviously, Jack Dylan Grazer, he's from... from uh, uh, it, yeah, he's, he's from, from it. And his performance is really great. Even in this movie, is like the best moments, the funny moments, uh, and uh, this kid really nailed the role. Yeah, he... I mean, he got it. He, he really knocked it out the park, and he... 
it, it's great as like as a storyteller to be able to have not your central character, but a character that the audience can connect to. Absolutely, yeah. In, in, in a fantastical story, like the one thing that really like makes Superman right. Superman is hard to relate to because he's a godlike figure, but then you have Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane to balance that out. That we can see a lot of their perspective in relation to Superman that really helps us kind of yeah. understand what he is because of the of the of our humanity. And it's the same thing with Freddy in this movie. One, this kid is a foster kid. He's also a child as a kid with a disability, and he's constantly getting picked on. Like we can all relate to that in a lot of different ways, and like. Like, he's actually, like, a hero for us. And he he brings out not only a lot of the heart in this film, but a lot of, like, the stuff that just, like, really stops you in your tracks and be like, yo, understand what I'm saying. Like, I really, really enjoyed him. And I, I, the, the sentiments around for a lot of people is that he's really, really strong and this kid's got a bright future. Um, but after kind of meeting the family, we now flip over to, you know, Dr. Savannah and see where he's been. Because the last time we saw him on screen, he was... A young child, and then we see this kind of uh, interview process with a really bad actress. I mean, I'm sorry, I should say bad actress. This was not your greatest role, actress with red hair. Um, it's, uh, she's she's like a doctor, and she's conducting this experiment of like mass oh, hysteria yeah. or whatever. And it's just it's it's so it's so. This is definitely you know the part of like a superhero movie where it's like, oh, here comes this kooky doctor who has no idea what's going on, and you know, and then. In the shadow, you got Tim. Uh, let's come on, Shabba. Mark Strong. Mark Strong, do you mean? There we go. Why do you call Tim? I said Tim. Yeah. That's what I was Mark thinking. Strong. Who's Tim you were talking about? Yeah. So Mark Strong and his staff. It's on the tip of my tongue. All right. So like, okay, cool. So you got Mark Strong. He comes out the shadows, and he's just he's one. I like Mark Strong when he has an American accent. He doesn't have to constantly be like this devilish English, you know, <laughs> uh, person. He's so. He's but, so. Uh, he's he. he He's so used to playing those bad guy roles that he just does it with his eyes oh, yeah. closed. I mean, he played Moriarty inside of the uh, the, yep. the, the Sherlock movie, and um, but uh, I, actually, I really enjoyed it. Like he has been driven for the past like thirty years of trying to find his way back to see Shazam. Um, he got a glimpse into this other world and has been able to put together a lot of evidence that shows that he's not crazy. But that he's always constantly still been within the shadow uh, from his older brother and from his father. Um, and then we actually see that he finds another piece of the puzzle of these flashing uh, symbols that now remind him of exactly where he needs to go to get back to see Shazam. And we see that he does. And we see some really cool visual effects. He glides through a room and we now see that he's back inside of Shazam's uh, den or cavern or whatever. It's a layer. It's an actual layer. It's a layer. It's not a layer yet. It's not a layer no, it's yet. it's a layer. But they call it layer later on. It's it's still a yeah, layer, just because they discover that it is a layer for them. It's still his layer. Okay. It's a pre-layer. No, it's a layer. Let's call that. It's, it's, it's whatever. Layer. It's the wizard's layer. Yeah. What's a layer? <laughs> 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 and then you got Jabba Hansu, who's now even older, and just said, what are you... I wish I, I, wish I could do his voice. He's, he's, he's like obviously not in a, in a position for him to be able to defend himself and the seven deadly sins are able to now fully um, you know just uh, tempt uh, 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 Dr. Savannah he's able to grab this this orb which is gonna you know give him uh, similarly magic powers but then also uh, have the powers of the seven deadly sins and he 
knocks out uh, a Shazam, and then he's able to go ahead and uh, take the powers, and then try to go ahead and now find, um, yeah, try to find the counterpart of who's going to have... Can I go ahead and put it out there? The seven deadly sins are the worst part of this film. Not only narratively, oh, it is, but also graphically. Goodness. They look good. Oh my gosh, I give more credit to the Hunchback of Notre Dame... (laughs) Than I do. They look terrible. First of all, the graphics in this movie is really bad, but like the kind of the graphics being bad. No, 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 listen. The kind of this graphic being graphics being bad, it's something that gives you like the the feeling of the uh, the 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 2002 Spider Man, you know? It's like the early superhero movie graphics, which which was so nostalgic for me. Like, I really love this mid budget graphics. But but for those the the, the deadly sense it's really bad like their, their graphics like can be a little bit better but like overall the whole VFX for this movie is uh, like ten years ago. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of I think because I already had in my head that this film is operating from such a smaller scale that I thought the graphics were I thought they were fine. Like, I, were they like on the level of like you know Infinity War or anything like that? Like, no, they weren't. Um, but I didn't think that it detracted from what I saw at all. Um, so I found them I to mean, be enjoyable. I the liked... graphics were okay in this one comparatively to the other DC movies, but the Seven Deadly Sins were bad. They were bad. Yeah, bad. I think the part that, that bothered me the most was the glowing red eyes. Um, I, I it was the stonework. But... When we get into graphics, we get into details, and it's the same thing every time with DC. They lack details when it comes to graphics. It's too flat. There's something that really looks... It doesn't look real because they don't... I don't know if they're not putting enough work into it or the company they go they go with every time just doesn't care to get the details right. But it doesn't look like stone. They don't... And then when they come out of the stone, it doesn't look real at all either. It just it just didn't work. The only yeah. movie the graphics was really good with the details, even the stones, was Wonder Woman. Like at the Amazonian place, like where the stones were collapsing and everything, it was really good. But uh, any other uh, well, DC except movie? for except for except for the last fight scene. Yeah, yeah the, the last, last fight scene, scene is different. And I'm talking about it's like absurd. Yeah, I'm talking about like the first one, the beginning of the movie. I think that can, that can kind of happen with a lot of different films. I mean, one I, apparently it's super expensive to like actually do. Super like, expensive. If anybody can invest. It, 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 it is so because like one like with Black Panther, a lot of the graphics were great till like that last scene. It's like they must have just blew their entire budget. It's like all right, we're just gonna go ahead and throw this around and that last fight scene between Killmonger and Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it it went 10 years backwards. I'm like, well, you did it this way earlier in the film. Like, I don't understand. And that's a pivotal scene. Like, you needed to to make it better. When you go on that, when you go, with films like this, when you go into post-production, bro, you're just watching that that, that budget drain and drain and drain and drain until you're just like, oh, well, we're about to run out of money. How much we got left? We got about 15 minutes left in the movie. All right, make it cheap. Yep, <laughs> make it cheap. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do enough to detract from the story, which I, I really enjoyed. Uh, but kind of going forward, then after that, you have you know Billy, um, you know, kind of integrating with his family at school. He sees Freddie getting picked on. He kind of stands up to the local douchebag bullies. Um, and shout out to these kids. I, I love a good bully. Um, uh, I think they're they're important to the Americana movie yeah. experience, and these guys I love, were just that. I love a good bully as well. These were not good bullies. These were not good bullies. These were very yeah, cliche. Yes, the dialogue very, was yeah. awful. Terrible. Yep. 
And are they siblings? What What's like? happening? Like, are their truck? It's really weird. Like, it seems like it's both their truck. They're both concerned. Where's our truck? What's happening? Uh, yeah, there was not a lot of attention to detail for like for them. Like, they're definitely not like the Doyle family from like you know uh, you know the, the uh, Billy Madison movie or anything like that. But like, it was just a very kind of like, hey, here's your cliche, you know, um, you know, uh, school bully. And, like, that was it. But it, was, it makes for good father. And then, obviously, you see Billy kind of stand up for his little brother. Really, I mean, not to... He did it because he just didn't want to see anybody, you know, get picked on. But also, you know, it kind of... he It's the first time that he connected to Freddie, saying, like, oh, you don't have a mom. He's like, well, damn, I don't have a mom yeah. either. And he takes the crutches, and he whacks him over the head and punches him and runs away. And, obviously, he runs down towards, you know, towards the modern station, which is a subway up in Philly. And he gets transported on a magical journey over to see Jaiman Hansu on his last leg, and, um, yeah, and, and then pretty much, this is where the story kicks off, you see Billy, uh, get imbued with the powers by saying the name Shazam, and then now we have the rest of the film of him, I, like, I love the superhero trials, like, we get to spend a lot of time with Billy, not being wrapped up being an adult, but being wrapped up in actually trying to understand how to do the superhero stuff. And then seeing him and Freddie play off, Zachary Levi and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer as uh, Freddie were great. And like this was the strong one of the strongest points of the movie is seeing how they're connecting. And then ultimately we get the introduction of Doctor Savannah now finding, um, you know, uh, uh, a Shazam and that first altercation. And it just it, it does kind of slow down from there. I'll say, um, am I things are just kind of ha- happening? Hey, can I ask? Am I the only one that uh? During the credits, really hoped that next to Asher Angel's name, it said Captain Sparkle Fingers slash Thunderclap slash. Like I was just really oh, hoping that would have been really cool. That it just listed all really of cool. the nicknames that because like he says later, like say my name, it's Shazam, whatever. But like throughout the movie, that's the trigger word. But I was always just like, I guess that's his name because it's the trigger word, and that's how he summons him. But, like, in reality, yeah, they were really trying to figure out the name for him, and they never yeah. established that his name was Shazam to anybody yeah. else. Well, that's the running joke of the movie. And, like, a lot of the jokes worked. There were a couple that didn't land, yeah. um, but, like, that actually did work. But, I mean, it does. he does say after that, because they all say, Billy, at yeah, the end I of the film, it. right? And, and, obviously, if we're kind of progressing, you know, there's the big bad fight, which was okay. I will say, for me, while I didn't mind the Seven Deadly Sins, it's the actual... Shazam suit in flight and that CG where it looks super CG and like okay they had no money at this point in the movie and there's a big superhero fight and we get a chance to kind of go back and forth and he's able to kind of discover which way he's going to take this out and he works together with the family and right before he does that what kind of propels him is that he finds out that his mom was really shitty and abandoned him and um, that's like really you know what kind of drives him um, and the whole point am I the only one that saw that coming? That, I mean, yeah, but I think that's what the commentary is on the superhero genre, that a lot of it is formula, but because it was doing something new, I was completely fine with it. And what made it even greater is because he says the words that family is not necessarily by blood, right? It's by the people that you care about that, you know, have your back. And he wouldn't be a good brother if he didn't have their back. And it's because of the family that he's able to take down the villain. And literally, he has the staff now. He is Shazam. And he asks the family, because he comes up with this, with this idea, in order to take down this villain, say my name. And they all together say, Billy! And they got it wrong. Like, no, say the name that I would say in order to become this guy. Oh, Shazam! 
And I will tell you, nobody saw that coming. It wasn't telegraphed in any of the marketing. Well, okay, there was some action figures that came out like three weeks ago that people were talking about. However, I, I didn't know about it. So when I saw that the family then gets transformed into Shelly the really cool. superheroes yeah. themselves, my whole theater erupted. It went crazy. And like, I can never unsee that when Jack Dylan Grazer grows up, he's going to be Adam Brown. Yo, yeah. Like, oh, what about, what about, this is so weird. All right, what about when the little girl grows up? She's going to be Megan Good. Come on, son. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope and I, listen, man. Making good, guys. Where's she been? I don't know. No, she's been out. Yo, she's been. She's been. Yeah, she's been in uh, a lot of black. She's actually coming out with another movie with uh, Michael Hurley and uh, Intruder. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, weird. and I'm really, really excited for it. I'm really. I feel like her and Michael Ely are both making a return. Come on. Yeah, it should be pretty good. But yeah, but then I mean, obviously, you know, they're able to. You know, outwit uh, the seven deadly sins of Doctor Saban to be able to take down the bad uh-huh, guy. because because Envy's the one that stays inside, and Envy's really the only one that he's going to be able to coerce to come out by talking smack yeah. to. Because that's just Envy, and then Envy is just silly because it does it while he's in mid-flight over the edge of a building. So. Yeah, it's all very very interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, but you know what? Definitely that that the 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 the, the big climax of the superhero fight. Was it great? No. It, it takes a long time. It's happening for like 20 minutes, to be honest with you. Uh, but I had fun with it. I had fun with the entire movie. I love the ending of the film where you... I love the ending of the film because you get, like, you know, Freddy kind of getting, um, you know, uh, redeemed and having lunch with Billy, who's now Shazam. But then there's a cameo by... Uh, by Superman. By, right? by, uh, by no-face... No no-face Superman... He comes yeah. in. It's probably because he had a mustache, honestly. <laughs> and they didn't have enough budget okay, to take thing. it off. <laughs> I know for a fact that Henry Cavill really loves being Superman, so it's not like an issue by him. It's just, I don't know why Warner Brothers just doesn't want to feature him. Whatever. It's really only oh, because the like, movies are so terrible that they don't want to do it anymore. Man of Steel was okay. Uh, Man of Steel is yeah. horrendous. But then, yeah, but the good thing is that then you get like a really cool mid credit scene and post credit scene as well that lets you know that this is going to go forward, and I'm excited. So um, it's going to be good. I'm really, I'm really like all in all, as much hate as we can put on, as I can put it personally, I can put a lot, a lot of SmackDown on on DC. Sorry, uh, I can put a lot of SmackDown on DC. Shazam was enjoyable. Was it as good as Wonder Woman? Of course not. No. Wonder Woman is fantastic. Is it far superior than Aquaman? Of course it yes. is. Yeah, uh, but it's it was really enjoyable. It had it had a lot of things that for me really hurt, like the whole scene in the lair with with Digimon. Um, that was <laughs> a terrible scene. All all the scenes, all the scenes down there with the wizard are horrendous. All the dialogue down there is horrendous. A lot of bad dialogue. But but the film is enjoyable. It's a lot of fun, and I see. And I see those those callbacks to to those eighties and nineties, you know, teenager films like Home Alone and stuff like that. And it's fun. It's enjoyable. And I'm excited to see another one. And I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I'm hoping. What I'm really hoping is that we see the characters grow up, and it and how it reflects onto their alter ego, which is just going to be really really neat. Yeah, I'm so excited that they're doing a sequel. So I can't wait for that to be able to happen. I give this movie a strong 8 out of 10 for me. I give it 7.5. Yeah. 
I'll give it a seven. I'll give it an it's eight. A, it's a soft seven. Yeah. Oh, I bet you if you touch my staff, it'll be a hard seven. <laughs> So, that's Shazam. We all love the movie, and I hope you guys get out there and watch it if you haven't already. And if you listen to to this podcast and you didn't watch it, yo, shout out to you. This is great. You don't have to watch every movie before you hear us talk about it. Let us be the determining factor to go watch the movie even afterwards. Because you know, because you heard from us, the crew, at Minority Report. But moving forward, this is a big week. And you want to know why it's a big week? Because we are passionate Fans of Game of Thrones. Ah, now, Game of Thrones, bitches! <laughs> yeah! Wow! <laughs> there she goes. But that that fervor, that passion is exactly why we wanted to be able to have this additional pod because it would be crazy for us not to be able to get into everything we love about this show. And I'm pretty sure, yes, we have all seen uh, season seven. Of, of course. Of course. Seen yeah. it twice. I mean, I'm pretty sure the entire yeah, world we, has we, seen it. I've seen it four times. We've, we've had two years to be able to watch this thing. So, yes, we. Uh, I'm very, very, very happy and excited. I even got my wife, who can't stand Game of Thrones or any entrepreneur at all, and she actually watched the first three episodes of season one, and she has agreed that she's going to watch uh, the uh, eighth season with Just me. Just fill her so in on excited. season one and two and jump to three. Yeah. She's I, I actually going to jump to eight way. from what it sounds like. Yeah, she's she's just no, 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 no
Sophie Turner, right? So they, they're really, really enamored by her. And then also, because they have liberty to not have to follow, um, uh, you know, by the books themselves, she's been able to, like, grow in the past two seasons, like, the most out of most of the other major characters. And I don't find, I don't know what it would serve to not have her. Now, obviously, we have six episodes where a lot of things are going to be able to happen. Um, we know that where, okay, where everybody is right now, Sansa is the wardeness of Winterfell currently, right? She has relinquished some power to John, correct? You mean John has relinquished yeah, some John power to her? Yeah, John relinquished power to her. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. is the king of the north, and he made her, he gave her the north in his absence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, correct, but then now also say, hey, I'm now going to pledge that, that power that I gave you. I'm now giving this to Daenerys. Sure. Which could could come back to bite him when he gets back. That's fair. That, we'll see. Definitely, I, I think the animosity that's going to brew between... Actually, animosity. Wait, between... Yeah, animosity. Nope. Animosity. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. You guys are getting a little... You said Warden. He's the king of the north. And I... King in the north. King in the king north. In the north. Yeah. And she, king in the north! She was just given... Um, just uh, leadership in his absence. I, you can't even say queen yeah. or anything like that. He's king. Well, no, that's why I kind of said like, like, she's like yeah. That's why she's well. That's why she said she's like the wardeness, like just like how you know Robert Baratheon was the king of the you know of the seven realms, and then Ned yes, Stark but was we the have to go by the, the titles that they've been given in the show, not what we think they are. Titles, titles, titles. Okay. Um, yes, but like it's 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 going to be interesting because obviously she is. She's not happy with it. She doesn't want to like fully bow to John because her entire life she's been above John, and she has not been given any reason why he would like why, why that would change, right? Um, even be, especially because he's a bastard, he hasn't been legitimized to anybody yet. Um, so it's 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 going to be interesting because I think um, a part of the trailers you know that one of the first major battles now that the wall is down is that the Whites are going to come and they're going to hit Winterfell first. And we're going to see what's going to happen. So that Battle of Winterfell, which I think is going to happen between like episode... Two or three. Three or four. Oh, two, I think two or three, two or three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two or three, It's, yeah. it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be hurt. It, it's going to be... Um, so what characters are you guys nervous about? I'm really nervous. I'm really worried about Arya. Like from the latest trailer. Arya. Arya. I, I don't know. We've seen her like that before, though. We've seen her running for her life before. It was a very familiar image for me, and she my... and she just whoosh, candle out, and she kills that bitch. Who, is she? So... Who do we think she's running from? Is she running from the whites? Do we think it's at all possible that some of the people, some of the, you know, the many-faced gods people, the, 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 the what, what are they called? Goodness, heck, I'm, I'm Yeah, sure, away. that's great. We all know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's possible, but I don't think it. I don't think that's what it is because the guy, he didn't seem too upset that she killed that other girl that's, and left. That's a fair argument. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm really nervous about Sanda, Sansa because she's like a double sided coin as far as her personality could go. She could be evil or good. The only reason I think she won't die. It's because they, yes, it's because they want us to believe she will, or she may. Yeah, well, you can almost that, say that for any character, though. Sure, but they got, but the, it's the only character they're really pushing, and I feel like it's going to be a bait and switch, and there's going to be because everybody else, there's no, there's no real moment where you see you see them battling, sure, 
and you hear Jamie's awesome monologue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I kind of love Jamie. I, I think they're going to kill off one of our non vital, lovable characters, possibly Podrick, um, right possibly possibly Littlefinger. Um, Littlefinger's Podrick. dead. Littlefinger's dead already. What? Littlefinger's dead. Littlefinger's dead, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Grey Worm. So sorry. Oh, yeah, Grey Worm. Possibly. Yeah, Grey Worm's gone. Possibly Grey Worm. Listen, guys. So I think in the first, like, first uh, episode or second episode, they're going to kill off one of our lovable characters that aren't... Aren't so... Yeah. Important. Let me, let me tell you something. If they kill... Hold on. Give me a second. I might cry. They're not going to kill Tyrion. Uh, no. Uh, if they, I if they Tyrion, kill... Yeah, I could see I him dying Tyrion, eventually. Yeah, yeah. But I could also see him living and being the hand of the king. But I, but, too, I think the Lannisters are, are done. Like, wait, I what is Growl's trying to say something? I, it'll hurt me if I see Jamie Lannister die. But if I see that beautiful... Jorah Mormont die. I love this guy. He's fantastic. His voice is badass. And I love everything. I love his turn, and I love everything he stands for. And I, if I see Jorah Mormont die, season six, I'm like, going to be... Gonna die. I, I really thought he was going to die. Yeah. And, and we were all prepared season to see Season seven, him. I thought he was going to die, and he didn't. And I said, man, oh, right, that, right. that would hurt. That would hurt. Well, his... his a lot of the deaths will feel satisfied if we get those connections that we're looking for. Like, I want to see Jorah return home. And actually, you see him. If you notice, he has uh, he has Sam's sword. Did you catch that in the trailer? I yeah, I yeah. catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sam, my gosh. That breaks my... That's so... Oh, it feels yeah. so I good. Think, um, I think Jorah has to die. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think he I has to too. die because yeah. he holds a bit of Daenerys's heart. I, I don't do think she too. can fully be Jon Snow yeah. if he's still alive. Oh, because but I, come on, is it not fair to say that we would all be okay with seeing Jon die if she ended up with Jorah? <laughs> Oh no! This will not happen. <laughs> no, Jon. No, think that Cer- Cersei will die? I don't know that. This is all speculation. What do you Anybody mean? Think this is all speculation. Cersei will die. Oh, Cersei's super. Oh, Cersei's gonna die. die. Do you will die? Like, do you think at I the end or the middle? She is she? like she's the um she's the death that's gonna feel like um what's her son the Tommen. Tom- no, the Tom- punk ass. Oh, Joffrey. Joffrey. It's going to be Joffrey. that death for audiences. That's it's going to be the sad. death in, we're expecting, order... and it's going to be the death... Wait a second. It's going to be the death that's going to be um, the most satisfying for audiences. It's just going to be a matter of how they go about it that's going to be satisfying. Okay, that's... so real quick. Who kills um, Cersei? Come on, we all know. Yeah, I think we do know. Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Why not Tyrion? Oh, he... Well, I'll tell you, I was thinking Tyrion. That's what everybody assumes, yeah. but it's going to be Jamie. I think I think that's what everybody's expecting, and I think Jamie. We've all and and we we have to remember, we have to remember that uh, that incredible hot tub scene, where it's one of the best scenes in in the series hands down. Where he he's finally talking yeah. to Brienne and he's breaking down and he's talking about that decision he made. You know where it was like it's despicable to the world, but to him. It was the right decision. Honorable, yeah. It was honorable to him. Remember, right? Every, and everything that he does, it's because of who he loves, right? So, I say that... Not in say that, that moment. Not in that moment. No. Well, no. yeah, it's because he loved his father. His well, family. Exactly. But, yeah. No, no, no. But it wasn't only that. 
It wasn't only that. It was it was, he, he it was it was it was just his father, but it was also he says he would you not trade one life for thousands, if not yes. millions? Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's would you not? There was a million people living in that city. Yeah. Would you not trade one life, even if it if it meant breaking an oath to save thousands, including your fathers? Of course, people well, would make that decision. I don't want and like. He's not. He's no, not that. It, it's it's established. It's established already that he he is willing to he is willing to make a sacrifice yeah. for the greater good. Yeah. And I think that's the decision he's going to. And it's going to be the ultimate sacrifice because again he has said it time and time again. It's the only person that matters. It's yeah. the only person he loves. And he's going to have to make that decision. Jon Snow and Jamie Lannister are both heroes. Jon Snow's the hero we want to be, and Jamie Lannister is the hero we don't want to be. Oh, wow, I like that. That's yeah, that's really good. That sounds nice, but he's not that noble. Like, yes, he is. He's not he's that the, noble. He's the behind closed doors noble that's actually, guy. That's actually the. That's actually the point of. Of of us seeing his relationship with Brienne, Brienne is arguably the most honorable character we see, and yeah. she sees the true side of him, and calls him an oath keeper. She, it's fantastic. That's why we need her. That's so, why she's so important. So she's yeah, that's why I cannot I cannot have her dying. Oh, my God. Well, well, but I do think she's gonna sorry. have to die. Something's gonna have to propel Jamie to literally. No. Yeah, I, well, she might die, true. but Jamie's gonna die before her. Or they Jamie's might die together. Die? Yes, it, it, Jamie's gonna die before her, or they might die together because Jamie says the only thing he wishes for in life is to die in the one in the arms of the one he loves, and I think it's gonna be Brienne's arms. And your memories. Or maybe he will die in, in, the, in the hands of Cersei. No, it's he, not. It's yeah, not his love. Not it's not his true love. No, not. absolutely not. Maybe he she, he will kill her, then somebody will kill him, and then he will fall in her arms. It's arm. possible that that, that that the mountain just comes, and then yeah. Brienne has to kill. Oh, no, 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 that's gonna be the hound. The hound of the mountain. Oh, that showdown! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Green Bull. Yeah, it's gonna oh. be good. Um, I mean, I honestly, granted, the, the Clegane Bowl. The, the mountain has the upper hand in that combat, but you know, he's a zombie, hound, of course. The, the hound is definitely a little bit more experienced and is kind of, you know, a little Mobile. more tactful and, you know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that's going to play out and when it's going to play out. I truly believe that there's going to be the battle of man versus the whites and then man will win and then there's going to yep. be the battle of, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Starks and Daenerys versus, you know, uh, Cersei and then King's Landing. That's going to be, that's going to be the battle. So I think it's going to be they're not going to happen all at the same time. They obviously can't. But remember, there's some crazy stuff that's going to happen because you still have... I think we will lose all the dragons. By the end of the, of the show, we will well, lose the all reason, the dragons the, in the last The reason fight. why we're going to lose the dragons is because Daenerys is pregnant. Well, oh, yeah. that's 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 a question of itself. Yeah. It's not 100%, but that is something we can discuss. Do you think Daenerys will get pregnant and by whom? By John. By, by John. I mean, sure. <laughs> she, she oh, Daenerys. I see, I see what you're saying. <laughs> she Daenerys. You think uh, you're, you're with me, Jorah? Jorah nah, nah, nah. pregnant. No, no, no. She's gonna have a little more. Jorah. No, yeah. but my question here's a question I have for you guys: Is how are people gonna react to the knowledge of who John really is? Oh, it's gonna start some shit. 
Yeah, yeah, but I want to know how you think each character, like pinnacle characters, may react to this knowledge. One being Daenerys. She's going to lose her fucking mind. Daenerys will do something so stupid when she knows that. You think so? Yeah. And Sansa will do something like... Something bad will happen at Winterfell Winterfell when they know that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I think yeah. I think they're gonna hold out on that for a little while. Um, now hold on. Now uh, Sansa, we you guys are know. saying you guys are saying Sansa's not gonna react well. And I think initially sure, but like we have to believe, right? We have to I mean we have to remember she loves that that Bran, who she mm-hmm. loves, who's her, her true brother is is supporting this, right? He's and even the, more so, she loves her dad, who knew this. Who knew this information, yeah. correct. And when Bran comes out and says, no, that, like, father protected him, this is true information, he is the son of our Aunt Lyanna, and the true heir of the... Like, and I, I think that's going to be something like, how can I deny this? When it was it was what my, my father gave his honor for. Right? Like, that's huge to her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think this would be a very good scene. Yeah, oh, I think okay. this is Wait, happening. This is, yeah, this is my prediction. It's going to be the White Walkers battle first, mm. and then I think this new information. You know how we feel in like the first three seasons, where each person is like clearly a game piece, and they're moving their things around, and they're trying to figure out how to gain power and all these things. Mm-hmm. When this information is revealed to the main characters, the pinnacle characters, it is going to be the catalyst for a new game. It is going to be, it's it's going to feel, I think, like season three, season four. And everybody just playing their little things. So and you think Daenerys and John will be on their own? I don't know what will happen. I think it's just going to change the game and it's going to look different. People are going to start to take roles they haven't taken before. And it's the whole season is going to be about that up until the last battle. Now, I, think the, I think the kind of like the, that politics side will only shift around like the second part of the last episode to see, okay, because I truly don't believe, I do not believe that, granted, it's Game of Thrones, they're not going to end with a White Walker sitting on the throne. Like, does anybody... No, 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 it's not happening. No, of course not. At what point, let me me ask you, at what point, at what point do we think Varys will die? Varys? Varys is probably going to die in Winterfell. At what point? Do do you think very early, the first two episodes? Yeah, first two episodes. Because that, that, really? Winterf- that Winterfell no. siege that you see, like, he's down in the crypts. And remember, the, when the no. death comes, they bring the death with them. Imagine seeing um, um, Catelyn Stark come to life as a white. Oh. Bro. They were saying about this, yeah, because it, it was remember, in one of the books. Every, re- everybody yeah, is yeah. In the book, she's In the book, she actually yeah, is yeah. resurrected. Yeah, like, yeah. It's about to get really weird. So everybody who's dead... And buried in the crypts of Winterfell is about to come back. But but in regards to what you said about Varys, I think you're thinking the story is in a perfect world, as it's going to end perfectly. And I think Varys is going to be that one character that does survive, and he's going to be the hint, the little bit of. As much as we love Varys, I think he's going to be a nod to that poison that's always going to be around, that corruptness that's always going to be around, you and think it's never of going away. As a corruptness. Uh, I think Varys wants the throne, so yes, I, I do. I don't know. think he, he does. He know, he I knows think he's a good guy. I think, I think there are snaky things about yes. him, 
But I, I, I don't think... I think he wants the best for the throne, right? Because I think he wants the best life for himself, sure. But he wants the best life... The best uh, person on the throne, even if that's not him. Sure. Right? The only reason I think Varys will die is because the Red Woman said... We're gonna, I we're will gonna return because I will die in this land as you will. Yeah. yeah. Sure, but I think that the only reason we like Varys so much is because we've always compared him to Littlefinger, and now that Littlefinger is gone, we're going to be seeing Varys in a new light. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, there's it's anything... I think Varys will survive. All I know for sure, the one person, like, I believe it's a next to lock for me that Sansa's going to survive, but Sam is going to survive, because he's going to be the one person that's going to tell the story, like, like in the sure. scrolls, yeah. or, He's a lot to survive. It's very ironic because Sam also survives in Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, Damn. Yeah. To tell the story. The story. Uh, that's what you Maybe mean. that's why he survived. I mean, he yeah. loves, Sam. Sam. loves Lord of the Rings. You got Sam and one like, more Billy, thing, like, little Sam. Yeah, um, uh, like in, in season six, they, they uh, released the last two episodes in IMAX. They were released in IMAX before they were released on, on TV. Like five hours, be- four hours before. And this year, like, there's an empty slot on May 12th for, uh, for the IMAX schedule saying HBO TV project. But the last episode is May 19th. So maybe the, the, the one before the last will be played uh, in IMAX. And, and the last one, because, like, May 19th will be John Wick and IMAX. So probably oh, yeah. they will try, like, because I, I, I've seen the last two episodes of season six and uh, season six, season five, season five in IMAX. But, um, and it was only playing for one day for one show, and it sold out, like, once they released it. But they released it, and they announced it uh, a week after the first episode for the first, uh, for the first time. So, do you think, guys, maybe, maybe the, the episode before the last will have the big battle? Because it's, it's mm-hmm. slotted for IMAX? I think the very last, um, the last episode will be Resolution. Yeah. And... The second to last episode is, will be the climax, and the second to last is the longest one from the mm-hmm. rumors. Uh, like it's the longest episode yeah, of the whole is. season. Yeah, that's Guys. the battle for King's Landing. Yeah, so probably this will be the one in IMAX because like the they said like there is a battle in this like that that took almost forty percent of the budget. So, all right. So clearly, guys, we love Game of Thrones. We we're so passionate about it, as so many people out there are. And we can't wait to to see this. We can't wait to break this down with y'all. Oh, my gosh. So many people are going to be doing out there, but not like us. But one last question before we get to the end here, before we say our goodbyes, before we get ready to, to count the seconds until Sunday. Ultimately, for y'all, who is sitting on the throne that's tough um I ultimately believe the person to be sitting on the throne is going to be Daenerys <laughs> I'm shocked okay go ahead Shama I think it's Jon Snow wait can we hear why oh sorry oh yeah yeah so as much as obviously Jon is the hero of our story and he rightfully as the true heir should be one he, in his own mind, has already made up that he's not supposed to be here. He's already died. So that's one reason where he may not actually make it to the throne. Two, if he, if he does make it there, he is not a king. He doesn't want to govern, right? 
So it, it, it's it's he's going to bestow that going forward. Because remember, there was a battle for a queen years ago. And this is something that we're actually going to see a character get their true goal. And she will be able to govern. But she's going to do it from a completely different place where she wanted to be able to rule and break the wheel, things like that. Where she's going to change and really shape you know, Westeros for the better with the positive influences from John. So she's not going to be think, as ruthless as she was before. But do you think John will die? Because like, why wouldn't he be there there's, together? There's, like there's, a 50, there's a 50-50 proposition that, um, that he will die, in my opinion. So I'm guessing, and taking a clue from what you said earlier, not only do you think Daenerys is going to be on the throne, but you think she's going to be pregnant with John's baby. That's correct. Uh, so John will die. Daenerys will be pregnant with John's baby, and then she will uh, she will marry Jorah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> poor Jorah. I don't. I don't think he's got a so chance. That's the trade off. Remember, she's barren. She's not supposed to be able to have kids. No, no, no. no. So she thinks. I mean, the witch told her that. Yeah, and what did John say? Did you ever think that maybe she was not a good source of information? <laughs> Possibly. But yeah, I I do like that prediction. What Shama? What do you think? Uh, I was thinking like, like Daenerys will die at the end and John like, would be so devastated and he would be forced to sit on the throne, you know? Okay. I am the hopeful romantic. And I joke about Jorah, but I believe, I, I want to believe in my heart that the throne will become a love seat. Oh my God. And it, <laughs> We're going to have both rulers up on there. Jon Snow, Daenerys, side by side, pregnant, family and shit. And I'm really, I'm really thinking that it's, going, it's actually going to be a big growth for both of them. Because it's going to be her having to share that and him having to accept that. And that's what I'm hoping. Can, can we just say... That we will not be mad if before they tie the knot, George just gets some real quick. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> oh gosh, poor George. He won't. I love him. Uh, um, for the podcast's sake, I am going to go with my second choice on who I think is going to be on the throne. Okay. It's very big of you. Huh? That's very big of you because I know your first choice. My second choice, and I think it could be possible. I have not read the books. Um, I know they're not definitely following the books 100%, but I'm going with Tyrion. Tyrion? I was thinking you would say this. Yeah. I was just, like, thinking of everybody that will will die, and Tyrion would just, like, sit on the edge of the throne, like, sad that, like, everybody's dead. He has nobody there, and, like, that's how the, 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 the show will end. I don't think it's going to be sad. I, don't, I definitely don't think it's going to end on a sad note, but I think he's got... The blood for it, I think he's got the Targaryen the ta- blood. The Targaryen blood yeah, for it. Oh, you Targaryen. think he's a Targaryen? I don't think he's a Targaryen. He's a, he's a Targaryen. No, I, don't think he's Targaryen. I think he is. He's the third head of the dragon. Put yeah, it I think that that's definitely true, and I think um, he's got the talent for it, and I think he's got the passion for it. Now, who do you think is going to be at his right hand? Sansa. It's possible, which would be fucking crazy. No, I don't think. <laughs> oh it my is. gosh, that is. But guys, why do you think sad. that Tyrion is Targaryen? Um, because of his mother and because of the king, what was his name? Yeah. And that throughout the history, there's, there's just, if you read books, if you know the history, 
that there was that there was a Targaryen king that was known as being a, 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 a Yes, that that he he got around. Yeah. He slept with a and, lot of people, and it's believed that T- Tyrion's mother was one of the. Had, there was a, there's a moment where there's a little bit of blank space, and then all of a sudden she gets back to Casterly Rock. She's and then all of a sudden she's now pregnant right after, and then nine, nine months later, after getting back to Casterly Rock, she gives birth to this abomination and dies at birth. And it's believed that one of the reasons Tywin hated him so much because he suspected and so. i believe in the movie in the tv show as well as the books he flips with saying my son you're not my son you're, yes my son you're not my son, mm-hmm. my yes, son he, said, not he my says son. you're not my son he only says my son when when it's convenient to him yeah but he says he says so, yeah i remember that son. yeah yeah i know that yeah i know that but i love that it's recorded what we think <laughs> Yeah. And we will see. Yeah. We will see yeah, what we happens. We will see. We're gonna definitely see. We should. I, I'm gonna try to see if we can find like a little Game of Thrones pool, so that we can kind of gain like like do like a fantasy game, like oh who wins that takes points. So I'm gonna try to put together like a like fantasy Game of Thrones because there's so many other people we haven't even got talked about. We haven't talked about Yara. We haven't talked about Theon. We haven't talked about you know um, Euron. Like any of the Greyjoys in the Iron. I don't Island. care about any of those joys, people. Yeah. Now, Bro, I'm, I'm actually hoping. I'm actually clue. hoping. I'm actually hoping the, the dragons just go and just tear tear that place asunder and walk away. Nah, man. Remember, he's got that whole badass army with him too. So like, it's it's gonna be tough, man. The golden the golden company. Yeah, company? the yeah. golden company. Like, it's 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 gonna be tough. Like, it's 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 gonna be really really interesting. I mean, I mean got, they're gonna be defending that the battle at at uh, at Winterfell? King's Landing uh-huh. is not going to be easy, and it's because of the golden company. Exactly. So, I mean, hey, it's who knows? Maybe you're gonna have you know um, Yaron sitting on the uh, Iron Throne. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. No. 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 Not even close. Not even close. That's not. not even that's, close. That's, nope. that's, that's an absurd prediction. I think we'll see Varys there before we see Yara. I don't know. I, I think, think we'll see. I think we'll see. We'll see Aya there before nah, we see Yara. You know what? Maybe Gendry. He deserves it. Oh, Gendry. I mean, he, 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 hey, he's the bastard of, you know, and he could be legitimized and, you know, have a proper place up there. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about the witch anymore and her, and her cock leeches or nothing like that. He's going to be good. <laughs> she's still out there, bro. Bro, yeah, she, she's going <laughs> to She's, she's going to die. He can still worry about cock leeches. Her, her, her and Davos are dead. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be, oh, they're going to be dead. They're going to be dead. I'm gonna, oh, they I, will be. I'm sure. going to compile a list of everybody who's currently alive and we're just going to be able to do like a a fourteen draft of who, of who we want and whoever oh that's what I do we're going to do a fourteen draft of who we believe and whoever has the most uh, players that are alive wins the Game of Thrones death trophy. I like it. I'm gonna whoop yeah. you guys. Yeah. I'm, just right. gonna do this. I'm just gonna put this out there one more time. Okay, Brienne of Tarth. Okay, we all have accepted that she will likely right get. Get down with the get down with Jamie. No, with Torment. No, no, she's gonna get down with Jamie, right? Uh, bro, and, and she is she's very honorable. There. She's very, very honorable. She's gonna sleep with with this 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 noble, right? Guy of a noble house. Uh I would say that the the equal to her in the male side. Is Jorah Mormont? Why can we not get behind that? He might get some. Come on, guys. Oh no! Why? No, you want, you want him to get? You want him to 
to get late. Nah, so I'm bad, just afraid that Brienne, Brienne will die in the first episode. Bro, like, he, that's what I bro, think that's going to happen. He's been wanting this in season one. Come on, we've seen him suffer. He's seen other people get it. Come on, Jorah. Oh, yes, it's called Drogo, yeah? The only, thing, the only thing that's on his mind right now is getting back to his family, and I want to see him and Lyanna kind of reunite and see if she's going to accept him. It's going to be really dope. But there's so many moments that we got that we could that we're all excited for, and we want to know what are your favorite moments. And if you want to play the Game of Thrones, you know, uh, death match with us, go ahead, draft your own teams, compare them to ours. We're gonna try to get that up on the website pretty soon, hopefully in the next few days, uh, by the time that the podcast comes out. So be on the lookout for that. Remember, in order to be able to connect with us and know what's going on, you gotta follow us on social media. So please do that on all the socials. And Twitter and Instagram at mreportpod. Remember to check out the website for all additional content at mreportpod.com. And also, remember, we want you guys to be a part of the conversation. So if you have a report, let us know so that way we can be able to engage with you. But before we say goodbye... And if you happen to have a super long prediction, email it to us. M report podcast Or ridiculous prediction like my own. Ridiculous. You don't want to share out in public. Uh, super long novel. Go ahead, if you wrote fan fiction, go ahead and share it with us. We'd love to see it. Perfect. Yeah, but before we say goodbye, bye-bye, uh, uh, gentlemen and ladies, uh, any last words? Hoorah. Like that? Well, I'm more goodness. What are the artists? I said winter is here. Winter is here. Hey, that was, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, once again, it's always dope spending a little additional time with you guys. Uh, please get at us, like, subscribe, comment, and share. Uh, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. I'm Kobe Mack, and this is Minorities Report. Peace. <laughs>